Welcome to The Light of the World. This is Jerry G. Martin. We are coming upon the most holiest of days that is celebrated by Christian believers. It is the time that we celebrate the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We're going to present you a series of messages that will help you to understand what Jesus Christ did, but more importantly, why he did it. It was to offer sinful people eternal life. I want you to listen closely and even contact someone in your family who needs to know the gospel of Jesus Christ. At the end of today's message, we're going to share an opportunity for you or anyone you know to come to know Jesus. Come and go with us as we walk in the light of God's word. My kids were small and a lot of people have problems with their kids eating vegetables. So I would tell my children uh, when we were eating broccoli, they were small. I said, you can't have any of this. This is for me and your mother. <laughs> so you can't have any of this. But I want some of that. <laughs> you can't have this. This is me and your mother. And they're crying because now they want what we got. They say, all right, have some broccoli. <laughs> you know why? Because they have the same nature. Of men, you tell me I can't have it, guess what? I want that. If you want them to excel in school, tell them you can't have straight A's. <laughs> okay, so Lord, why did you put this one tree there and tell them not to eat of it? You know, I believe God wanted to have just a, and God did have a wonderful loving relationship with Adam and Eve. The Bible said they would, they would meet in the evening and they would discuss and they would have fellowship with one another but God when God wants us to love him he wants us to love him not because we have to not because we have no choice it doesn't do any good if we if we have to love him he doesn't want machines do you love Adam I want you to love me yes Lord I love you he didn't want that so I give you an opportunity to display your obedience and your love. But God was serious. Look at what he said. Now, I thought about this a little bit. God didn't say, now, Adam, if you eat of that tree, I'm going to be really disappointed. He said, if you eat of that, you will die. In chapter 3, verse 6, it starts off with, when the woman, let me keep going. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, now, you wonder why women like to shop? <laughs> Let me keep going. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. Now, this is after the discussion, if you read the first of it, with the, with the discussion and argument from the serpent, Satan, who was convincing her that God didn't want her or them to make decisions for themselves. But she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. So although Eve disobeyed first, the primary responsibility for sin was Adam's because it was to him that God gave the command. So it was God's intent to fellowship in harmony with Adam forever. But when he disobeyed God, sin 
entered into his life and caused a change in his inward nature from innocence to sinfulness. There was a change that happened on the inside of his nature. And because Adam the man had the seed, look at this, he had the seed of every other man in him. The DNA of that sinful nature was transmitted to every other descendant. See, if Eve just had eaten that only and not Adam, that wouldn't have happened. Because Eve didn't have a seed. Adam had the seed. When he reproduced, that nature got passed on to every other man. That's why the word says, through Adam, sin entered the world. He doesn't say sins, plural, but sin, singular, which is the inclination and the nature to sin. It was that indwelling sin nature that Adam came to possess because of his disobedience to God and that that is what he passed on to every one of his descendants. God made man a race to, that procreates and passes on to their children and their children's children, their own nature, physically, psychologically, and spiritually. A couple of weeks ago, I was watching a news program and they did a story, a sports story on a young high school athlete here in the area who's the fastest high schooler in the country, in the world. And they gave his name, and I said, that name sounds familiar, where his father was an Olympic track star. I think, well, you know, he passed that right on to his son. What happens is, and how many of you, are, uh, whether you wanted to be it or not, are like your f- parents? And you said, when you got old, you ain't going to be like them. (laughs) But the older you get, the more like them you become. Because it was already in you. My father didn't have a fro. (laughs) He and I look alike. I told my son, enjoy all that hair while you got it. Therefore, then, when Adam sinned, all mankind sinned because that first sin transformed his inner nature and now a depraved nature was also transmitted to the offspring. The pollution of that depraved nature, instead of causing humans to evolve into better humans, man devolved degenerating into greater and greater sinfulness. It did not take long for that to manifest. You're going to see in the next chapter that Cain, the son of Adam, murdered his brother, just the next generation. So when Adam sinned in the Garden of Eden, he sinned not only as a man, but he sinned representing mankind, all men. When one man sinned, all sinned. When he sinned against God, all of his descendants And the entire human race and his loins would share in the sin because we were contained and contaminated by that sin nature. Paul said in Corinthians, in Adam all, not only sin, but all die. 
God placed the seed of every human in Adam and we were all present in that garden when he sinned. And consequently, we all took part in it. See, a person does not become a sinner by committing sin. They commit sin because there's a sin nature within them. A person doesn't become a liar when he tells a lie. He tells a lie because his heart is already deceitful. A person doesn't become a murderer when he kills someone. He kills someone because his heart is already murderous. Jesus put it this way in Matthew 15, but the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart. And these make a man unclean, for out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, and slander. He said, they're in your heart. They just show up sometime later. Why are they in your heart? Because you have the DNA of a sin nature. That's why you don't have to teach us how to do these things. You don't have to teach us how to lie. You don't have to teach us how to steal unless you're just trying to go to another level. <laughs> but you already know how to take something that's not yours. And I say, yeah, you know how, you know, and you know it's wrong. And the reason you know it's wrong is because you look to the left. And you look to the right before you take it. And be sure nobody's looking. You knew it was wrong. So the first thing that Paul tells us is that sin entered the world through one man. That's what had happened. Secondly, he says, now death entered the world through sin. God did not create Adam as a mortal being to be subject to death. God wanted Adam to live forever in eternity. But God warned Adam that disobedience by eating the forbidden fruit would cause death. And it was, it was long before Romans 3.23 that the wages of sin was death. God had already established that. The wages of sin is death. And sin brings several kinds of death to men. Several kinds. What is death? Death is separation. And Adam's first death was separation from God. If you read the text, after Adam's sin, when God showed up, Adam was hiding. He used to look for him to show up so they can fellowship. And then when, after he sinned, God had to say, Adam, now where are you? It's separation from God. He experienced that immediately. Secondly, there's death that brings physical separation from fellow human beings. We die physically. And although Adam did not immediately lose his physical life, he started dying the moment he disobeyed God. And then the third kind of death is the death that we call the eternal death. The Bible in the book of Revelation calls this the second death. The death that not only brings eternal separation from God, but also brings eternal torment in the fires of hell where the Bible says the fire never goes out and the worms never die. Where there's torment forever and ever. That's an eternal death, a separation for God and eternal punishment. So for the unbelievers, now if you're an unbeliever, this is for you. If you don't believe in Jesus Christ, if you're not saved, you have a reason to be afraid of all three of those deaths. 
The spiritual death prevents you from enjoying the abundant life that God has provided for you in this world. The peace with God, the joy of the Lord, the blessings of the Lord. You don't enjoy that while you're in this earth with that spiritual death and separation. And then you will suffer the physical death which is going to bring an end to the opportunity for you to get saved. Once you die physically, your time is up, your opportunity is up, there's no more opportunity for you to come to Christ. And then you'll have to step into that eternal death, which is going to bring you to an everlasting punishment. Don't go down that track where people are talking noise right now, talking about, you know, all my friends are going to be in hell. It's going to be a party. It's going to be a party until you get there. And you're going to find out it wasn't the kind of party you thought. All that hollering you thought and raising the roof wasn't because they were having a good time. This is Pastor Jerry G. Martin, and every year this time, our focus turned to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. That's the good news. The bad news is it seems like we only wait until this time of the year to really focus on what Jesus Christ did for us. For every believer, every day, we should be thankful to the Lord that he gave his life for us so that we do not have to perish, but we can live an abundant life and we can escape the fires of hell and spend eternity with God in heaven. Jesus came to seek and to save those who are lost. What is he going to save us from? Eternal damnation and hell fire. Those of you who are listening to me right now, you may be at church, but you may not be in church. That means that you're just going through the motions, you're just attending, but you're not connected with God. This is the season to remind us of why Jesus Christ came in the first place, and he came to save a lost and dying world. You can make that decision even now to give your life to Jesus Christ. I give you this opportunity to be my guest at the light of the world. We meet each Sunday at 10 a.m., at 16161 Old Humble Road. You can meet Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and you can join with the family of believers that will help you to grow and fulfill God's will and purpose in your life. If you would like to listen to this message again or previous broadcasts, go to our new website at lowcf.org. Again, that's lowcf.org. Now for the light of the world, this is Pastor Jerry G. Martin saying, may the Lord our God richly bless you and we'll be with you again next time.